Matthew chapter 2. Obviously, you know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I mean, it was all given away. Man. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was a lot in that. I don't know if any of you picked up on what, what was actually being said there. But, uh, the, the, you know, we, we make things fun and we make things funny. But there is a lot of truth behind everything that is said and everything that is done. Um, and, you know, we, we always believe that when you're laughing, you're awake. That's right. So we, <laughs> we try, to get, try to get our message uh, through to people that way. Matthew chapter 2, very quickly, I want to read just the verses concerning the wise men. We have been looking at all the prophecies concerning Jesus up to this point. And uh, what I want to do is just go that next step. One of the things that we need to understand is that the wise men were never at the stable. Um, you know, so, there's so many nativity scenes that have them there. And if you've got one of those, don't throw it away. It's okay. Keep it. <laughs> All right? Uh, we're, we're not one of those churches that says, you've got to get rid of this and that. Just do it. Cool it. Uh, keep whatever you have. Be happy with it. But just to let you know, um, it was about two years later uh, that the wise men actually got there. They had been traveling for that long um, to actually find Jesus. And so I want to begin reading in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Now, you know, I want you to notice, first of all, let, let me give you a little quote. It wouldn't be me without a quote, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hendrickson says this. He says, according to God's promise, Jesus is the rightful heir to David's throne. This is in, in Matthew chapter 1, uh, that was made clear. Now he goes on to say he is the son whose throne will be established forever. It is fitting, therefore, and this is what I want to bring to your attention, that royal homage be rendered to him, and this not only by the Jews, but also by the Gentiles. For he is Lord of all, and the gospel call goes out to all, regardless of race or nationality. Amen. Amen. And I think that is really significant that it says that wise men from the East came. Because I've heard so much, you know, said about, oh, this is a Western religion. How many have heard that one? Okay. <clears throat> Notice wise men, not dumb people, but wise people. Wise men from the East came to worship him. Well, we're going to see that in just a minute. And it says, behold, wise men from the East came to Jerusalem. And one of the things that a lot of people have debated about is where did these wise men come from? And, you know, I don't want to speculate, and I didn't really want to deal with any of this because I just think, you know, who cares, <laughs> okay? But uh, in some of my studies, something came up, and I'd like to think what I'm about to present to you, and very quickly, uh, it might be the case why they came, because I want you to notice when, they, when we go on to verse 2, something very significant is said. So let me give you this. When, uh, let me just read verse 2. When it says, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. That's really significant. Why, why are wise men from the east coming to worship God here? Why were they willing to spend two years to get here? You know, I, I just think that something must have happened somewhere. And to me, the Bible always answers the questions in itself. 
I just think people don't look enough in the Bible to find answers. I think they go off into history, and, and then they come up with all these theories. So I want to give you a possible scenario of what happened. I want to take you to Daniel chapter 2 very quickly. Daniel chapter 2. You all know the story of Daniel, right? Okay, so <laughs> let me give you a quick rundown. All right? So Jerusalem is conquered. The, 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 the prevailing, the, the army comes in, and, you know, they do something very clever, and that is they take all the smartest people from the community back with them. You know, in that, that way, if these people try to attack them, they're attacking their own. Isn't that really clever? <laughs> okay? And Daniel was among uh, these princes that were taken back. And what the, what the king, this is King Nebuchadnezzar, would do is he would, he would feed them, he would educate them, also very clever, okay, and get them knowledgeable about everything that they know and they believe and so on and so forth, all right? And so what happens is in this time, you know, once Daniel and there's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or as, as uh, Jesse Duplantis calls them, Yoshak, Meshach, and a bungalow, you know, <laughs> okay? But, you know, these three guys and Daniel are all taken back. And they are, you know, in this, in this foreign land, and Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. And it's a dream that it, it troubles him, and he wants to know what, you know, what, what does it mean? And so he's very clever. He says, he calls all the wise men, I'm going to show you that in just a minute. He calls all the wise men together and says, I want you to tell me the dream and the interpretation. And, you know, in black man term, they, they said, say what? <laughs> Wait, you have to tell us the dream. He said, no, no, no. If I tell you the dream, you just come up with something. So, <laughs> this is clever, isn't it? He said, I, need, I want you to tell me what I dreamed and then what it meant. <laughs> you know? And nobody could tell him. And so he, he got so mad, he said, kill everybody that considers them to be in this category. Because nobody can answer this. And so the chief of the guard ends up getting to Daniel. And, you know, Daniel goes, whoa, whoa, chief, what's going on? You know, he, he, this, it talks about Daniel having an excellent spirit. He had the ability to talk to anybody. I mean, he, he just had this ability. All right. And so this, <laughs> this guy is coming to, yeah, hello. <laughs> so I'm going to preach to them for a minute. So this guy, what well, they're doing all the work, you know. So, so this guy, he <laughs> Let me try it over here. So, so this guy, you know, he's coming to kill Daniel. Daniel goes, wait a second, dude, what's up? What are you in such a huff about? And he said, well, this happened. And, you know, the king's mad. <laughs> he wants to kill everybody. He goes, cool your jets. Listen, give me a day. I'll, I'll give the king the answer he was looking for. And so he said, I'm just paraphrasing, okay? And so, so they go back. So this guy goes, yeah, yeah, you know, much rather you know, not kill all these people. And he says, let's all go back. So they go back to the palace. And so Daniel, the, Daniel, Meshach, and Abednego have a prayer meeting. Yeah, four of them have a prayer meeting. I mean, it gets a bit tongue-tied there. All right? And in the night, God gives Daniel the dream and the interpretation. And so Daniel comes to the king, and he tells him the dream. And then he tells him the interpretation. And the king is beside himself, and we'll begin reading in verse 46. Three verses. I just want three verses. Thanks, Dad. 
Um, Daniel chapter 2, verse 46 through verse 48. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel. This is unheard of. This is a captured dude, and the king is bowing before him. I, I need you to get a picture. Something extraordinary is going on. The king doesn't bow in need to nobody. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, so this, this obviously it made such an impression on him. That he is prostrate. He is on the floor. This is what we do when we worship God or we're meant to, okay? <laughs> all right? He, all right? And it says, fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel, and commanded that they should present an offering and incense to him. Verse 47. The king answered Daniel and said, truly, your God is the God of gods. I love this. The Lord of kings. This is all very important, by the way. And a revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. Verse 48, then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts, and he made him, listen, ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief administrator over all the wise men of Babylon. Did you get that? He became head over all of them. Now, some of them got their nose out of joint. Y'all know this happens, right? <laughs> okay? And they passed a decree. Got the king. They, they actually tricked the king to pass a decree that said nobody will worship anybody other than the king for a certain period of time. You know that's not going to fly with Daniel. And so it says Daniel went back home, opened his window, and prayed his three times a day. I mean, how many of us pray even once a day, you know, okay? I mean, in the face of this decree, he goes up there, opens his window, face toward Jerusalem, and prayed. And they said, aha. And they go and report him back to the king. And they said to the king, now remember, you signed this. And the king was really, really, really sorry that he did. But he knew because the decree was signed, he had to act on it. And the, the decree stated that anybody that worshipped anybody other than the king in that period of time would be killed, thrown, to the lion, in, thrown into the lion's den. Hello. Now, that's where the lion's den comes in, by the way. Okay? And if you remember, they, you know, they, once they trick you know, the king to doing this, and the king has to do this, the king is up all night. And the first, he gets up first thing, first light, races to the cave and says, are you still alive? Has your God taken care of you? Has he looked after you? And, and Daniel's cool, man. He goes, king, be cool. This is the loose Roche translation. He says, be cool, king. I'm, al I'm alive. It's okay. My God has looked after me. And so you know what the king does? And this is really significant as well. He, the king says, get all of those people that made me sign this decree that wanted Daniel dead. I want all of them thrown in the lion's den. Pull Daniel out and throw them in. And throw their kids in and throw the cat, the dog, and everything else. We don't want nothing coming back to avenge. This is significant. All of them were thrown in, and they said before they even hit, they all just got torn apart. And it's pretty horrible, but anyway. I want to say that to say this. Daniel was made ruler over all of them. Everyone that opposed him was killed, trying to kill him. So what do you think is left? A whole bunch of wise men... Not wise guys, okay? <laughs> a whole bunch of wise men that are now being influenced by Daniel. Remember, the king has fallen prostrate before him. And there's no opposition any longer. 
And if you remember, Daniel's life is extraordinary. He has visitations from angels. God speaks to him about end times, all sorts of things. Don't you think these people would have been listening to him? They weren't opposing him. I believe that's where these wise men came from. I believe that these are descendants of those people that would have listened to Daniel and heard about this great God because they saw proof of him. Are you all with me? Amen. And they saw something unbelievable happen. And it happened over and over again. Hey, there were a lot of dreams that happened. You read the book of Daniel, it's, it's incredible reading. And I believe that these are the guys, they come and they say, watch what they say. They said, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Listen to the words. Born king of the Jews. He was born king. Remember Herod, Herod, you know, killed off a few people, even his wife and kids, because they threatened his throne, all to secure his throne there. And now we get wise men coming in and going, uh, yo, king, where's the dude that's born king of the Jews? See, you can't, you can't argue with that one. You can proclaim yourself king, but when somebody is born king, you're in trouble. Are you all with me? <laughs> okay. I said I won't belong, so I won't belong now. And so, I'm sorry, I want to share that with you, because I really, I, you know, I want you to know what's going on here. And it goes on to say, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. You know, it's, <laughs> remember, they were going around knocking on doors. You know, they would be, I mean, how would you like it? You're sleeping and, yes, uh, we're looking for this kid, born king of the Jews. You got one? No, I don't. Oh, who's that, Margaret? I don't know, man. Some weird people from the East. They dress funny, <laughs> okay? And I think they have camels or something. They, apparently, they, they rode horses, but I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> and verse 4, And when he had gathered all, this is Herod now, when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where Christ was to be born. Now, they know his history. They know he's killed his wife. They know he's killed his kids. They know this, this is a bad person. But, of course, he built them a temple. So, you know, we'll forgive all of that murder and everything else because we got our temple. Listen, this is why they were always... At, you know, at odds with Jesus, because Jesus would call a spade a spade. And he said, you sold out. <laughs> and boy, what, listen, okay? You think that they would say, the next words coming out of their mouth would say, forget it, king. This is our Messiah. Forget it. You're getting nothing out of us. Is not what they said. The next verse. So they said to him, I mean, they just spilled their beans. It just said, they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is, they even give him the prophecy. For thus it is written by the prophet, this is in Micah, I think, 2, 5, 2 or something. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, or Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who, shall, who will shepherd my people, Israel. Wow, guys, really great. I mean, now he knows everything. <laughs> okay. Then Herod, <laughs> all right. I mean, verse 7. <clears throat> then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star had appeared. The reason he did this, he's trying to work out how old this kid is. How long has he been around? How many, how many kids does he need to kill? 
Remember, that was what was so significant about the fact that he killed off his wife and his kids. If he's willing to kill off his wife and his own kids, you know he won't think twice about killing every other kid there that will threaten him. You see how all this makes sense, huh? Okay. And, and the reason I believe also... That anyway, no, we don't have time for all that. Okay, moving on. <laughs> you know, I want to teach on this stuff and I shouldn't. It's Christmas. All right, verse 8. And, <laughs> and he sent them, this the wise men, to Bethlehem and said, Go search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring word back to me that I may come and worship him also. Yeah, with the knife. Yes, yeah, you know, you, the, hey, the priest knew this guy for what he was. The wise men don't. These are nice people. Moving on. Verse 9. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. There's a lot of speculation about this star. Can I give you one simple answer? I believe it was the glory of God. It was there. It appeared. You know, stars, I, I, I know a little bit about space and astronomy and stuff. Stars are so far away. Are you kidding me? I mean, you could be anywhere and the thing would be still in the same place. No, seriously. <laughs> okay? You'd have to be on the other side of the planet, basically, before you see any change. You know what I'm trying to say? It just, it, just take my word for it. Stars don't move like this. But God's glory would. And it would appear like a star because it would be that glory. Did I run out of time? Oh, really? Okay. And <laughs> I have a few minutes. I have to hurry up. And so, anyway, uh, <clears throat> I, I lost myself. Okay, yeah, verse 9. Let me go back to verse 9. So when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. See how it, stars don't do that, okay? Verse 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. This, the, the word actually means they were deliriously happy. That's why we put it up there. That's why the little guy that turns around was deliriously happy. He <laughs> couldn't sleep. Okay. <laughs> and when they had come into the house, they, um, in verse 11, they saw the young child. I want you to notice it didn't say the baby. Did you see that? It says they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped who? Not Mary, but the child. See, they knew. That was significant as well. Normally, you respect the parents. Now, they're going to get some real awesome gifts. <laughs> okay? But they worshipped the child, the one who was born king of the Jews. They came to see God that day. Hallelujah. And it says, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold is for a king. Frankincense is incense. Frankincense, incense. That's for God. And the last is for man. They recognized that he was a king, that he was God, and he was also man. Isn't this incredible? Hmm? Verse 12, then, then watch, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. I've said, I want to conclude with this. What this brings out is the truth that God not only protects us, 
but will continue to work out His will in our life despite the opposition of sinful people. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for this word, and we just rejoice. We rejoice, Lord, in your birth, in everything that you came to do, in all that you've blessed us with. We rejoice, and we, we never forget, Lord, that all of this came at a great price. And we make a determination right now to follow you, to never neglect time spent with you. In Jesus' name, in your name, Lord, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.